Yo, everyone, this is Amos for Just Being Amos Podcast. Welcome to another episode. This episode, we're going to talk about the Eternals movie. There's going to be spoilers. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Hey everyone, this is Amos for Just Me and Amos Podcast with my co-host Trevor. Hey, it's Trevor. Hey, we know it's you, Trevor. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know, I mean, you said oh, my uh, name, but I had to confirm oh, it. Okay, yeah, it could be Travis. Uh, yeah, well, a lot of people when I was younger used to think that was who I was. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I always got called Travis. It was, wow. Yeah. I don't understand why, because <laughs> Travis like, and Trevor is a totally different yeah, name. There's an R at the end of my name. <laughs> there's no S's. Oh, that's crazy. So welcome back, everybody, to another podcast of Just Being Amos. In this um episode, we are going to talk about, there are going to be spoilers in this episode, so y'all have been warned. So we are going to talk about the new Marvel movie by Disney, um, Eternals, and not The Eternals, just Eternals. Right, yeah, it's just I Eternals. I thought it was the Eternals. No, it's was e- it just Eternals? It's Eternals, yeah, e- Eternals. Right, <clears throat> for those who don't know, um, it's, the Eternals was um, drawn by Jack Kirby back in, Stanley and Jack Kirby, I believe, right? No, Jack Kirby. Yeah, it, yeah I think it was Jack Kirby. I don't believe Stan Lee was, was involved, involved in the creating of it. I, um, I think it's mostly Jack. Yeah. Jack Kirby, so... And it was a short run. It was actually 16 books mm-hmm. in an annual, I believe. Well, over the years, you know, they did mini series and Eternals, but they never stuck. Yeah, it's like they kind of kept going away, then coming back, going away, coming yeah. back. And, and from my recollection, the story I read was the Neil Gaiman story. That was a 12-issue run. Yeah, I think in like 2006 or something. Yeah, it was something like that. And John Romina Jr. was the artist. So this is actually based once again on characters that is very obscure. <laughs> you know they they have have a power set. So, so many groups in the in the Marvel comic books, man. The X Men, Eternals, Inhumans. I mean, they all have all kind of power sets. You know, some have identical power, some don't. So this would be like the how many movies have been so far? Twenty three or twenty four, maybe. MCU movies? This, oh, yeah, yeah it's a lot. Something like that. I don't know. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. So this is um, The Eternals. This is, um, it came out a week ago, right? Yeah, it's been a week so far. It's been two weeks. So, I've been two weeks after this yeah. week. So the um, it's a major, it's a diverse cast of people playing parts in mm-hmm. this movie, right? So we have Sama Hayek that's playing in there. Right. She's playing Ajax. You also have um, Gemma, Gemma, what is her name? Gemma Chan. Which, by the way, she played another character. She played Minerva in, in Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Right. But I think she had, like, blue skin and looked a little bit different. Yeah. So, yeah, they brought her back for this one. And more of a prominent role, I guess. So, right. yeah. So that she's there. You have also Icarus. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Icarus is, uh, what's his name? Madden. Richard Madden. Richard Madden. Which, Who by is- the way... Right, Game of Thrones. From Game of Thrones, he was 
everybody knows. Now what? Why am I blanking on he his was name? The old, he was the eldest brother of the Yeah, Starks. he was the oldest one. Yeah, the one that got killed at the Red Wedding. Red, went, right, right, right. And also we have Kit. No, I'm sorry. Let me go back. We have um, Angelique Jolie playing Athena. Mm-hmm. And um, we have another guy. I can't think of his name. He played, uh, what is it? Well, there's Kamal. Kingo. Kingo. Yeah, Kamal Nanjiani as Kingo. Kingo, right. Um, you have Leah McHugh. She played Sprite. Sprite. Um, then Don Lee was uh, well, Gilgamesh. Right. Uh, let's see. Um, Brian Tyree Henry Fast- was Festos. Barry Koenig, or Cohen. Kiowen? Drig. It was Drig. And then Lauren Ridloff was, was Macari. Macari. I like Macari. Mm-hmm. I liked her, man. Um, so those are your uh, all, all the Eternals. Those are the Eternals. Eternals, yes. So we have another character named Dane Dane Whitman, Dane who's Whitman. played by Kit Harrington, who's which, also in Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's the bastard son, the bastard star, well, Jon Snow. Yeah, Jon Snow. He's the bastard. <laughs> he's like the main character. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. It's so funny, dude, to see both those two guys in the movie again. Yeah, and in the same space, right? Yeah, so those are like characters. There's more people I can name, but I'm gonna, that's down the line, right? Right. So, um, going into this movie, I think you and I have discussed this. It was not my top priority as far as the MCU movies. I wanted to see it. It was yeah. one that I was very intrigued by because it was so different. Yeah. Um, but and but yeah, at the same time, it was kind of like. As it got closer, my excitement was a little bit less. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why, but I think after you know watching Black Widow and Shang Chi, Shang Chong, Shang Chi, Shang Chi, Shang Chi, whatever. I can't. It's been a long day, man. I've been moving shit today. <laughs> um, and we have that. Then we have the Eternals, and right after that is Spider Man. Yep. And you know, in between, we have the MCU um, series on Disney Plus. In between, so. My expectation for the Eternal was not very high on the list of things to see, but I still wanted to see it, mm-hmm. right? And I, like I said, it was a diverse cast, which is something totally different than anything that Marvel had put out, you know? So you have a, a, a deaf, no, was she deaf? Yeah. Yeah. A so, deaf actress. Right. So yeah, you had, uh, so Lauren Ridloff, who played Makari, she's deaf. Right. And so her character is deaf. deaf so right. it's the first deaf superhero in the MCU. Right. And um, not 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 too far from her is Echo. That's another story. Oh, right. Yeah. So, but then we have, they also had the rep- representation of, uh, we had an Indian, I can't, can I say Indian American? He's Indian. He's technically from Pakistan, Pakistan but yeah. I think in the movie he was it's supposed to be, uh, well, I mean, obviously they're not from, from Earth, Earth, but yeah. yeah. But Kamal Nanjiani is from Pakistan. Right. And he played, yeah, he was Bollywood. Yeah. He was a Bollywood star. Yeah. Yeah. So we have that. Then we have the um, Festos, African American black. You know, he was actually, he's gay. And he's actually, yeah, gay. the first gay, gay. superhero right. in the MCU. And so, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, as far as diversity, sexual orientation, race. He had a lot going on as far as the casting go. Right. Right. Which this is the society that we are in today, as far as representation of a person, right? And this, especially you know when it's kind of, it's kind of a group that was sent to Earth to kind of help them advance. Right. So it's kind of nice that there's like a wide diversity of you know skin colors and you know different characteristics and things about them to kind of yeah match the people of Earth. Right. Um, so yeah, that was that was very refreshing. 
And the thing I really liked about it, and we can we can get in into it more as we go along. But I liked the way it was just kind of there without being really, hey, look, she's deaf. Woo-hoo. You know, or look, gay guy. You know, it's like it, it was just there. Right. It was just part of the, part movie. Of the movie. It felt natural. It was yeah. just, you know, nobody really addressed it as an issue or, as no. you know, anything that stands out. It's just that's who they are. Yeah. And I, so I really liked that about it. Yeah, it was very organic. It wasn't forced or something like that. On exactly. You, stuff like that. It's just there. It was just there. You know. And, um. It it was refreshing to see, like I see, different casts and everything, and the power set they had. It was very weird how right. their powers was like manifested. Except for Icarus, Icarus, you know, he was the powerful one of the group. Right. He had a Superman eye beam, eye <laughs> beam, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, well, I think in the original Eternals, they all kind of had the same powers, or at least the same. All right, let me go back. They could, because I think some of them can fly as well. Icarus could fly in right. the book. I know he did. He was the, he was the strongest of all the Eternals in the comic book. Right. But they they differentiated. They turned the story around a little bit. Right. From the comic book to the movie, because the Celestials. Well, well, for sure. For yes. sure, yeah. Celestials came to Earth. They did experiments on these um the um the people of Earth. This during the Neanderthal, the caveman, and all that. Right. Mm-hmm. They did experiments. Right. And they became the Eternals, and the Celestials made them. And each Eternal had different powers. They had the powers right in the movie, you know, as far as that goes. I yeah. Mean, the I transmutation mean, of Cersei, changing things, Icarus' flight and his power beam eyes and right. shit like but, that. But, I mean, I was reading some of them. Like, I was reading on Kingo, and we'll get into him later. Yeah. Um, but um, I think it was saying that he had flight and, you know, super strength and, you know, whatever. So yeah, King- a lot of them have... Same characteristics, but the movie kind of just, just stripped it down, down and said, one person. yeah, each each person has, you know, a particular one. And even in the comics, you know, they did have like particular ones like, you know, like Circe, who has the, you know, the ability to mani- manipulate matter. matter. Yeah. It's like nobody else has that even in the comics, as far as I know. I knew. Right. So uh-huh. it's kind of like they all initially had a similar power set, but then they can kind of branch That's off right. into other ones to, right. you know. Because um, Gilgamesh the, was always strong, I know that. Right. And Macario was always a speedster right. in the book, and they got that right. And someone else, I mean, it, it was so many Eternals. I mean, yeah, there's a lot more than what's in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it sure. really is. There's a lot more. I can't get into it, but yeah, it's I mean, another story. There's even one named Domo, which yeah. is which is what they called their spaceship in the movie. So it's kind of a reference to that. Yeah, but, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So. When, like you said earlier, said your expectation at first when you heard about the movie, you wanted to see it. But as the months went on and on and on, right, you kind of like said, I'm going to see it, but I'm going to like, you know, I guess wait. <laughs> this is what I did. I, well, I think there was, it wasn't that I was going to wait. I mean, we were originally going to go see it the first weekend, but then we decided to wait for my kids right. and, you know, all see it together. Um, so that's why we waited the extra week, but it was kind of just, I don't know. It's like my excitement for it just kind of, kind of went down, not like terribly, but I just think there was other things I was watching or doing that, you know, kind of had my attention. And then of course, when the critics reviews started coming in several weeks before Before it was released, it kind of, you know, knocked a little bit of the excitement off as well. Cause they were very hard. Yeah. It was very divisive. Yeah. Um, It really was. Right. 
It was forty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So that's the uh, that's the first ever for <laughs> for MCU. Like, damn. Right. And having seen the movie, um, I think that's kind of a bullshit score. I agree. Um, I don't think it should be that low. Uh, I was reading some of like the little you know quotes that people had as to why, but basically I think the real reason is that this movie is essentially the last Jedi of the MCU. Oh yeah, it it kind of um, plays on expectations and kind of twists them a little bit, right. and I think because of that, that was one major reason why people don't like it because people like formulaic. And this wasn't really that do. same formulaic thing that they were expecting. And so, you know, it rubs people the wrong way. Yeah, it was and a I gamble. Think, it was a huge gamble. Right, and I think that do. was a large part of why critical response was so divisive. Yeah, you I can see that. Right. I, I mean, can see that. same thing with Last Jedi. It was like some people Ooh. loved it. Some people hated it. There wasn't much of a middle ground. Yeah, it was one of those movies that's like, that's Last Jedi. I didn't like it that much at all. I liked it. I liked that it's, you know, it was kind of flipping some of the tropes and expectations on their head. But there was also some choices I didn't really like about it, um, yeah. you know, especially in the long term. Oh, yeah. I agree. So. And that was the reason why I didn't care much for it. I watched it, but it's part of the trilogy. But, yeah, man, like I said, the critics was very harsh, man. 47 damn percent. It made $71 million the first the opening day. And it went 118 million for the rest. Well, of I think the- opening day was like 31 million, but then it it, it made like 90 something million in the first weekend. First weekend, right? Because of inflation, I guess. Uh, I, I read 118 for the weekend. Was it? Maybe it was. Yeah. So total right it was, now, it was the third largest opening of a pandemic released movie. Right. It was. Um, it was. Yeah, I think behind. Um, was it Black Widow? No, it Shang Chi and. Not Venom. Vet, yeah, it was Venom, it Venom. was Venom. Let there be carnage or whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. I mean, it, shit. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it may it's so, it's going to make its money. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's very, it's been very successful. Yeah. So it's just one of those movies in the MCU that's so like it's going to be a footnote, right? Of a movie that was not formulated. It did ha- it didn't have the formula like mm-hmm. the regular regular movies that the other movies did. It was something totally different. It was a huge gamble. I kind of predict that it's going to be one of those movies that ages better over time. Yeah. I think people will come to appreciate it more over time. Right. Right. I, I can see that. I can see that. So, I know you have some some pros and cons of this movie. Yeah. Right. So, in your opinion, what was the thing that really that you really liked about the movie? Um. Well, uh, so, yeah, some of my pros are, I mean, obviously it was beautifully shot. Right. I mean, this was just a gorgeous-looking movie. You know, it spanned over 7,000 years. Yes, it did. And, you know, it kind of it kind of got the feeling of each era, um, you know, really well. And just, you know, the visuals were pretty breathtaking. Um, you know, we already talked about the diversity and how natural and organic it felt. Um, so that was really that was really good. Um you know, I liked the I liked the characters. I thought they were intriguing. I liked the concept of the movie. You know, it kind of the movie got a little bit overburdened by some of the thing, and I'll get to that in my cons. But you know, but overall, I thought the concept was good, and I liked the characters. Um, 
you know, it, we already talked, it defied expectations, and there were some interesting twists in there. Yes, it was. Right, it that, was. you know, we weren't quite expecting. No. Um, and so I, I liked that, that it kind of kept you on your toes. Um, you know, I liked the story structure. It was similar to, like, what they did with Shang-Chi, where it was, like, present day, and then they'd go back Oh, the, the execution past. was not... Right. They did execute that very nicely. They right, did. and then, yeah, back to present day, and then back to the past and whatever. So we kind of got things as they developed and it kind of went in sequential order. Yeah. And, um, so I just, I just like that because it made some of the twists really like, you know, Oh wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It makes sense. Right now. Now I see see where that was going. And so, yeah, it's, it definitely helps to do it that way. And it also, you know, some movies could just be like, well, let's start from the beginning. And here's what they did in this era when they came to Earth. And here's what they did a thousand years later. And here's, but, you know. But with so this. So if you put it sequentially, this way it starts in present day. Yeah. And, you know, slowly throws you in some backstory. And, you know, so at least it kind of keeps the movie, the movie moving. Right. Um, so I liked the structure of it. Um, I really liked the interpersonal relationships, but between s- some of the characters, I think that was pretty cool. You know, too. There were a lot, you know, usually they paired off, but sometimes, you know, you know, they could kind of cross, but you know, they, overall they were a family. Um, and that, but then, you know, like any family, it's like, you know, the siblings, certain siblings get along better with other siblings. Right. And so it was nice to see those interpersonal relationships between, you know, the individual characters. Um, and then, of course, the best part of the movie is uh, Kingo and Karen. Oh, his yeah. His valet. His valet, Oh, yes. man, those guys were hilarious. <laughs> they were just the best part of the movie. So you told him? He said, yeah. <laughs> you told him. Thank God. I mean. Yeah, he's like, yeah, at, at first I thought he was a vampire. And so I tried to stake him. And he's like, you know, yes, you did many times. Yeah. He's like, I've apologized for that. And, you know, and he's you like, yes, get over many it. times, but I'm not sure it's enough yet. <laughs> Oh man, this and you know, Kingo says, um, "This is my great grandfather. I played my great grandfather. This right. is my father, <laughs> and this like, and this is me. This yeah. is me." Like, wow. So yeah, he's played a bit, you know, in order to to kind of get around the whole being a Bollywood star for hundreds of years for a hundred years. Yes, you know, it's uh, he pretended to be yeah his grandfather, his father, <laughs> and now he's it. So he pretends it's a generation thing yes, to get away smart. with the fact that he never ages, <laughs> which is very smart. <laughs> So those are, those are your pros, huh? Right, but and so what I understand is uh, is uh, Chloe Zhao, who's the uh, director, director yeah. she actually let uh, Kumail Nanjiani write a lot of his uh, own scenes, a lot of his jokes. jokes okay. um, you know, to kind of because he's a comedian, right? I know. So you know, to kind of punch them up and make them a little bit more funny. Um, so yeah, so those those are my main my pros. Going back to what you said, um, one of the pros that I like about it. Is the back and forth of the present and the past? Mm-hmm. It was done very, it was done very well, I think, because mm-hmm. like you said, it reminds me back of um, Shane Chi that they did that back and forth, but it was done very well, right? And I like that because sometimes it gets very, it could get stuck. <laughs> you could get stuck in the past. Could say the past is really long. You know how it is. You go to a flashback, and the flashback takes a long time, right? But it, with this, it didn't. I mean, it did like two, three minutes, and then going back to the present. Yeah, I like that, and I think that they did a great job of doing that too. Also, man, that's one of the things I really liked. And yeah. also, I liked the the visuals of the movie too. Mm-hmm. 
I like the visuals, man. Like back to the director. What's her name again? Chloe Zhao. She's a good storyteller. Hmm. She, no shit. She won them. Yeah, she's a very good. Yeah, she, she won them. She won the Academy Academies. Award for uh, for Nomadland. Yeah, so I think Best Picture and Best Director. Best, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, and so she she could tell a story. Mm-hmm. You know, it isn't like when these directors say, "Hey, I'm this and that," and I think no, uh, you know, they they get a script and they see the vision of that um, script. Right, and she did that. On a on on a, a superhero movie, mm-hmm. and she just got an award for some drama, right? <laughs> well, she was really interested in doing an MCU movie, so she you know she did kind of want to get it, and Marvel was like, "Hey, let's try and get her." Um, so yeah, they brought her on board for this one. Did she do the Mandalorian? Um, direct the Mandalorian? Uh, she may have done. I an think episode, she's an episode. I, I believe. I haven't really heard much in connection to that. Oh, it might be I mean, somebody else. I didn't go too deep into her resume, right? But I could see that though, right? But I mean, this movie definitely has her fingerprints all over it. It's right. a Chloe Zhao movie, yeah. Which makes it, which means it's going to be a little bit more introspective. It's going to be a little bit more talky than actiony. And um, I, I'm nothing wrong with that, right? And, you know, and, and you know, and that's another knock I think that critics had is that you know it's a little too much talking, not enough fighting. Um, but you know what, though, this is another thing. I, I'm one of my my pros is that it was I, I like character development. Right. I like to develop a character. I don't want a one shot. That's it. I want some dynamic. I want a, a dimensional, three dimensional character. I mean, person. Right. You know. And she did that. Mm-hmm. I want to care about the I care about the character. This is what you said about the the relationship they had within the group. Right. They were a family. And you see, you know, with Cersei and Icarus with their romance and everything. But you see the other internals have a good relationship, like Gilgamesh right. and Thena. Gilgamesh and Thena. Thena and um, Druig and um, Makari. And Makari. You know, and, and, but Sprite was like the odd ouch because she was... S- Sprite was, yeah, a little bit, yeah, the odd man out. out you know, yeah. Kingo was a little bit, but he kind of... Well, Sprite <laughs> Sprite and Kingo are both Icarus stands. Yes. Um, but for different reasons. Right. Um, you know, it's... Uh, Sprite has an unrequited love for Icarus. For Icarus. Right. Um, but as a child, she can't grow up, and obviously she's not somebody that Icarus would ever look at as a romantic and, interest. And it, and it, 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 it sucked for her because she... It was in the scene where they was in the bar, and she did an illusion, which is our power. To make her look like, like yeah, a young lady. A young lady. And he touched her, and he and she left. Well, yeah, it, it flickered. Flicker. You saw that it was an illusion. And he's yeah. like, what's going on? He's like, oh, nothing. You've just had too much to drink. And then yeah. she left and, yeah, um, transformed back and into that was, And then she always she questioned um, the um, the celestial. What was his name? Amish? Uh, Asherum. Asherum. Uh, it, it's yeah. Asherum. Yeah, I think it's Asherum. Asherum. She said, why no, did he? Irishum. Irishum. Why did he make me this way? Right. Everybody, all the adults, and she's a child. And she's always, during the centuries, she said, Why? And she got her, she got what she wanted at the end of the movie. Right. Anyway, so I like the um, the dynamics with the group, with the, each individual with their relationship with each other. I like that. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I like the visuals. And another thing, is, and the, with this movie, like you said, it was a lot of talking. Right. A whole lot of talking, right? <laughs> it was a whole lot. But I did not mind that. See, at all. I don't either because I like those type of movies. But then, like it, well, it was seemed like it the slow build to the to the climax, right? right? When the climax, then you have all your big action scenes and this and that. Only you know it was something in between, mm-hmm. but you always had the big finale. It's always the big climactic end. You had the big battles, right? I expected that. I had no problem with that. Okay, so those mostly are my pros, man. And um, 
it's just like I said that the the dynamic of the group and how they interact with each other, I think that was pretty cool, man. And like they never missed a beat, right? That they were they they got went their separate ways after the incident. I forgot it was in Mesopotamia. It was somewhere. It was Babylon. Was it Babylon? Yes. And they went their separate ways. So I mean, Ajax yeah. was like you'll remember Babylon fell. That's right. Yeah, the the great city of Babylon. The great city of Babylon. Yeah. yeah. Always. Is this in the Bible? Yeah. Yeah, it's in the Bible. Um, and Ajax was the she was the patriarch and the, she was. The she person. was like the yeah the motherly the mother figure, figure yeah because she, she was in charge um, and we find out later that you know well she's we know that she's been given the mission parameters right and all of the other Eternals think they know what they're supposed to be doing based on what she's told them but but there's something behind there's that. a there's a yeah there's more to the mission that only Ajak was initially aware of right. Um, Dude, man, Sema Hayu, man, she's still a gorgeous dude. She's fifty years old. I know. Man. She's yeah, she's a good looking lady. Good lady. For, <laughs> you know. she, like, she was on the hot ones on you know with the uh, wings. The, um, now we feast the hot ones. She was mm-hmm. on that uh, not too long ago. It All was right. so hilarious, man. <laughs> Yo, you need to check that out. But um, she she was a strong figure, man. She was a strong figure for the group, and right. everybody looked up to her. They loved her, mm-hmm. and she loved them back. And like you said, she was a mother figure to the group. I thought that was pretty awesome, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they were, like I said before, they were very much a, like a family for, you know, thousands of years. And then once, you know, at the fall of Babylon, they kind of started have well, they had killed the last of the uh, deviants. deviants. Right. So, yeah, we haven't mentioned that their mission really was to come to the planet or that they were aware of was to come to the planet and rid it of the deviants right. and to help humanity move forward forward and, you know, evolve um, technologically and, you know, socially and everything. Yeah. Um, So they had, yeah, at, at the time of, uh, it was like 15, the 1500s, I think it was. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That was when they killed the last of the deviants. So at that point, they didn't really have a reason to stay together. And you could see that there were little cracks forming as it was, right. you know, little disagreements like Druig, um, who has the power to manipulate minds so he can, he can control people. He absolutely hated the violence that people would have. So he would always stop them, you know, and control their minds and stop them from fighting. Yeah. But, you know, Ajak kept telling him, you can't do that. You have to let them evolve in their own way. Um, <clears throat> Even though, because Ajax, man, she had... Because um, their mission is not, not, to interfere not to interfere with really with humanity. But like you say back to Ajax, is that she had the, uh, the burden, you know, the, the, do the, go, the burden of this thing that, the, not Gigamesh, but the Celestial told her to do. Right. And, you know, his Celestial said, this is my word, it's just final. You know, it's like the, like a god. Well, yeah, right? he's the celestials are like yeah, the god. like gods. Yeah, so he said, "This is my final word." And, you know, this as and as say. we le- as we learn later, yeah. you know, we'll get more into that. Is that they actually do create worlds and galaxies, right. much like gods, right? Like, you know, the god as as you know, the religions would say that that's how it happened. Yeah, because we got a, the piece of celestials back in the first Guardians, remember? Yes. There yeah. was the head of the celestial in uh, you know, nowhere. No, nowhere, nowhere is the head right. of a dead celestial. Right. Yes. So, uh, it's fun. I'm going to make a reference later on in about the, the celestial's body, 
and t- close to the end of the movie, what happened in the movie, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, that's it for, for pros for me, man. I mean, as far as cons, oh, okay. For as what I didn't like is that it, <laughs> how can I say this? Um, ah, man, what is it? What is it? What is it? It was something. <sighs> Shoot. My head might go back to your cons, man. I had it on top of my head. I, I forgot. Okay. I forgot. So, my cons um, is that, yeah, it was it was a little too talky at times. Um, I didn't really mind, but I can kind of see how that would be a major turnoff for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of a lot of lore, a lot of, you know, things that they were trying to balance. So it was very weighty for a two and a half hour movie. Right. Um, so, but you know, it, when you're trying to cram 7,000 years of, you know, (laughs) of characterization and lore and, you know, all that into one movie, of course it's going to be weighty. I mean, you should have gone in expecting that. If you didn't, you're kind of an idiot. Um, uh, so that's, you know, that was one thing. The other thing, um, is that overall the movie kind of felt disconnected from the MCU, um, I know. Th- I know the original comic kind of felt that way too. There was a lot of people who wanted yeah. it to be non-canon um, in, with the Marvel comics, and so I think there's probably some people who feel the same way about the movie too. And but the problem is that is in the comic book, Cersei is an Avenger, right? You know, and Icarus was once he was not in Avengers, but he showed up every so often. And uh, come on, man! I mean, she was an Avengers. You know, come on. So. Right, yeah. I mean, so, but that I think that came later. Yeah, it um, came later. I mean, it came like the, the Avenger was founded. But when was, you know, the Jack Kirby series TV, came out, I think it was, people, it was all by himself. Right, people didn't really like it. Um, so yeah, it was a little like even with the movie, the the comic itself had some mixed, you know, mixed feelings for it. This is what I go back and what I say once again about th- this group. It falls in line with the Inhumans a little bit for me. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like. Eternals always did things on their own, right? And never ever any in a big event. In my recollection, my memory is that when a big event happened in the comic book, there was no involvement. Right, there wasn't a lot of crossover. Even for the humans, were the same way too. Right, only a few Black Bolt, Black Bolt, or um, Crystal. That's what I'm saying. Like the Eternals took themselves, right, for the longest. Yes. So the the Eternals mainly were kind of created to to kind of represent a lot of like mythology is really what it is that explained mythology in our world. Like, like Athena, right. So some of these characters actually were the characters of legend. We've already mentioned Gilgamesh. I mean, that's a pretty obvious one. You know, it's like, that's where these stories came from is that these eternals were there and the stories just kind of, you know, got exaggerated and, you know, myth, mythologized at, throughout time, if that's even a word, but it is now. <laughs> well, you got one. Hey, hey, coin that word, baby. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, over time. And that was kind of the idea to explain a lot of the past history and, you know, the different societies and civilizations and their mythologies. I'm just wondering, when he created, when Jack Kirby created it, was it before or after um, the fourth world and dark side and apocalypse? That had to be like um, before. I think it was I before. Know. I mean, I think it was in the 60s. It was in the 60s. So. I think that was before because he was about 
making, like you say, mythologies, making these characters come on the page. The same what he did back in DC with Apocalypse and Dark Side and all those guys. It was always a grand scale. Right. Right. And then the same thing for the Eternals. It's a it's grand. Right. It's, yeah, it's grand. It's very grand. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, and so you know, that's kind of the thing is they've been here forever, you know, since like <clears throat> the beginning of actual, you know, humanity being more civilized. They weren't quite, uh, they weren't still Neanderthals at the time they arrived, right. but you know, they were pretty very primitive. Um, and then so because of that and because we've never heard of them before in any of the other MCU movies and even though they kind of reference the Avengers you With know Thanos they, right, the they talk about Thanos and the the, the blip they call the, it the um, and the uh, you know that Steve Rogers and Tony Stark are no longer around could have dropped the names and references and stuff like that and she yeah. said when he did the the blip you know it, all the people disappeared right the dusted right but when they snapped again, then all the people came back because the, the before the, it was because of the deviance. The emergence is supposed to happen, right? Right. Well, we'll kind of get into that a little bit um, for when we get to like what the actual mission, the mission is. Um, we're putting a lot of like you know, hey, we're gonna talk about this later. Oh, yeah. a little foreshadowing, <laughs> get you excited, and then we're gonna forget to talk about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 we not. We will not. I no. am kidding. Uh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it felt a little disconnected, but, you know, I think the idea is that it's going to start to merge with them. And, I mean, even if it stays somewhat disconnected, that's fine. It's just another part of the universe. But the thing is, though, I mean, it is disconnected. I'm, I'm, I kind of agree with you on that. Kind of, that's one of my cons, too. But it is kind of disconnected, but at the same time, it's not because it was referenced before this. Like I said back in Guardians about the Power Stone. That the Celestials made worlds and it made civiliz- of civilization, right? Mm-hmm. They briefly said it. Right. To me, they're not so much disconnected a little bit. It's not that much disconnected to it. But like this movie right here is like, it's much bigger now. You say, that, no, the universe is huge. But with the Celestials, with the Eternals, they make create worlds, destroy worlds and all this stuff. This shit is huge. Yes. You know, you know Thanos was just the tip of the iceberg. Right. That's it. Yeah, I mean, this is like super cosmic, you know, right. um, spanning. So, and, and then we're talking about this on down the line. We're going to talk about the multiverse? I mean, shit, dude. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am a little nervous about that because they're going into the multiverse, but they're also trying to expand cosmically, you know, with yeah. some of the, the future movies coming out. So, right. it's kind of like they're going in two directions at the same time. But, you know, I have faith that they'll be able to handle it well. They will. You know, they always have. They will. Um, So, yeah, it's um, the other issue is that this one actually isn't as funny as a lot of the other movies. I mean, pretty much the only comedy comes from Kingo and, you know, Karun. Um, That's mostly it. The rest of it is, yeah, is pretty just, you know, standard drama dialogue. Dialogue and drama, yeah. and then I do. Oh, and yeah. Um, I was. I was. I didn't like that Gilgamesh died. I really liked Gilgamesh, but I do understand the reason for killing him. Um, yeah. So it was kind of an important plot point. I mean, it didn't necessarily have to be Gilgamesh, but he was an important one that you know did have a thing. But 
I will also say is that, you know, we also learn later. Well, I mean, when the, mm. when Icarus comes to Cersei and Sprite, um, and then he says, Hey, we need to kind of get back together, get the gang back together. Right. They first go to find Ajax and they find out when they go to where she's living, she's, she's, she's dead. dead. Right. She was killed by the deviant. Um, so we've already got one eternal down. Uh-huh. I mean, she's already dead. And then later when Gilgamesh dies, you know, it, it really adds to the, the notion that not everybody's, it's not, everybody is going to necessarily make it through this movie. And I think that added a, uh, a lot of tension to the movie. I could feel it was very palpable because, you know, when they would get into like arguments or have standoffs or, you know, go up against the deviants, um, uh, what what was that one name? Was it Core or something like that? Core, the deviant who could steal powers. Well, I think it was. Yeah, I think it. Crow, sorry, Crow, right. not Core. Um, so yeah, Crow was a deviant who initially took Ajax's power. So now she had the power of healing, so it could heal itself. So that's kind of problematic. Um, and then Core yeah. is also, or Crow is also the one that kills so Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. So Gilgamesh is basically super strong. Yes. And he's kind of like a pugilist. So, you know, he uses uses it to like, yeah, he uses fists. Um, That's what that is. Yeah. Right. So now, so now, you know, you know, what's so deviant is super strong too. You know, what's funny with Gilgamesh (laughs) when he fought that deviant and back in Babylon, Mm -hmm. He slapped the shit out of it, man. I said, he slapped a bitch. Yeah, he just, yeah, he just slapped <laughs> that thing. Bam. Yeah, it was like trying to get back up. He's like, stay down. <laughs> I laughed when that yeah. he, he smacked the bitch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he slapped my mother. He did it twice. He did it again. Right. He, he did it twice. He may have. I but, think he did. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, there was a yeah, the bitch slap. Boom, when yeah. he <laughs> bitch slapped. I'm like, damn. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, that was kind of, you know, sad. But, I mean, it. it that kind of proves that the movie works because I cared about Gilgamesh enough that I was sad when he died. He yeah. wasn't just some, Hey, Gilgamesh was one of the Eternals, but we haven't really developed him at all. So, you know, he's just kind of cannon fodder. Yeah. But um, it but wasn't treated that way because you know, when Thena was losing her mind, he said, I will stay with her. Right. And that, you know, he said, I'll stay with her. He did until like shit. Present day. Right. Except for that one week he had Druig put her to sleep so he could go to oh. Fiji. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but, you know, it's like you said, it's, you know, some of the characters, you like, you really, like, I got yourself attached to them. Mm-hmm. Gigamesh is one of those characters, like, shit. He took care of Athena. He was cooking for everybody. He was, he was cheerful, you know? And, yes. And that's the thing, though, man. Yeah, he was the very optimistic one. Yeah, he was. Um. So, yeah, um, the other thing that I didn't like is that Kingo was totally sidelined in the the final battle. I mean, he just wasn't there. He decided to leave. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, I was kind of hoping he would show up at the last minute or something, but nope. He's just no, not he there. He went back to Bollywood. Yeah, he exactly. Bollywood so, I mean, considering that Kingo is my favorite character in the movie, you know, it was very disappointing that he just disappears for, like, the climax of the movie. <laughs> um but, you know, it's, you know, Kingo is an interesting character. Um, let, let's just talk about, let's talk about the characters and then we'll kind of get in the plot now that we've kind of, unless you had any cons. No, my cons, like I, like I said, I mean, I kind of agree with you on some of the cons you put out there. 
You know, it was like it was it was too long, too many dialogue and that stuff. But at the same time, but it worked. Right. It worked, and I mean that's the pros and cons of it. It actually worked. You know, there was so much dialogue to it. Yeah, I mean it's a two hour and thirty seven minute movie, and yeah. I wasn't I wasn't bored at all. So they had me you know, very intrigued. For me, it, though. For me, it worked. I mean, I was I was all in it. I mm-hmm. mean, come on, I, I didn't fall asleep. I never fall asleep in movie theaters. That's a lie. I did yeah, it once. That's a lie. You were I falling asleep when we went to go see. I don't remember what it was. When? GI Joe. When we went to go see Snake Eyes. I almost. I wanted to fall asleep. Yeah, you were. You were. I was like, "Fuck!" You're getting man. there. But um, now, so to the characters, like you said, now we go into spoiler territory now. So my favorite character was Macari. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I like I like speedsters, man. You know, right. I, I like the speedsters. But with her speed, I like the way they did her speed, though. You know what I'm saying? It's like each time I see a movie that with a speedster, right. it's gotten better with the special effects, right? Right. And a lot of the ones that they do now is that they try and they try and copy the formula that they did with Quicksilver right. in the X-Men movies. Yeah. Um, where it's like they slowed everything down. And that worked really well. I mean, especially in the first one, kind of in the second one, the Age of Apocalypse or whatever right. it was when called. When you say about the building. Yeah, when yeah. he's getting all of them out of the, the mansion. Sweet dreams. Right. But um, it's, uh, you know, it's like they tried to do that with The Flash in the Justice League. Yeah. Um, I think the director's cut. Yeah, it did. Which was funny because you had him moving in slow motion, but then you had everybody else moving in slow motion. So it's like, is he really moving that fast? And the way so, he was running, dude, it was right. like, he, I'm sorry. But when, when Miller was playing Flash, his, his arm was like slinging around, like what the hell? How you? What the, is that? Yeah, I was like he was like he about to slip on a banana, I'm like dude, really. But <laughs> so when, this when, one when, is just it never slowed it down. It was no, always it was just really fast. fast. It was just a blur always. But then it, then you see it though. That's probably when she was running in the water. Right. You see it. Yeah. I mean, so it, but it was really well done because even like at the end, you know, spoiler alert, you know, and we'll get to the reasons why right. later, but. When she's uh, when she's fighting Frank Icarus, Icarus right. and she's just slamming him against the wall and coming at him from all angles and punch and punch and punch and punch and punch, and you know it was it was really clear that she kept coming from the different angles and hitting him, and it was it was just really cool because you're like, how do you fight somebody who moves that the fast? fast? Right, and so it really put that speedster thing into perspective where it's like, you know, you have to know where they're going in order to and stop she was them. coming with the punches right boy. so you have to predict where they're coming and the velocity in order to stop. the velocity and right what it inertia not inertia it was just the velocity how fast she was going force the force behind yeah. that speed right it was coming at them dude i'm like wow yeah it's mass just, times you know mass times acceleration that's right that's right so i mean i like macari man and i think it was cool and she's deaf you know and mm-hmm. i think that was another thing i liked about it man because i know a little bit of sign language every so often but man I say, dude, like on Quiet Place, dude, we can't use words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's screwed, right? Yeah. I like the sign language thing. Yeah, so it was, yeah, it was pretty neat that, you know, everybody, they all kind of knew sign language, but, you know. I want to know, was she always in that damn ship? I don't know thing. if she'd been in there the whole, whole time, time, but she'd definitely been in there for quite a while. Yes. I mean, I think. She was very much the rogue of the group, kind of like the adventurer. She liked to yeah. go and, you know, like steal treasures and whatever. And that was kind of her, her little secret with, you know, with Druig. And that's kind of their connection was that, you know, she would kind of go and like pilfer (laughs) treasures around the world and things like that and try and sell them or, you know, trade them and things like that. 
and he would stop humans from Coming getting into bar the brawls yeah. or whatever and fighting. Yeah, she keep it secret. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she was like, well, Ajax won't like that. And, you know, he's like, well, what would Ajax say about, you know, you with your treasures? And so they're like, you know, I'll keep your secret if you keep mine. And so, yeah, that's why they kind of have yeah, a connection. But I think over the centuries or over the, the millennia, I think she started to get bored. Yeah. I think that was really what it was, is yeah. that she just kind of got bored of Earth. She had seen everything, done everything. I think she was just ready to go home to Olympia. Right. And so she was just kind of sitting in the ship waiting for them to be like, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at that. I said, damn, she's a hoarder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, damn. But yeah, Makari was my favorite um, um, internal. Um, You know what? I, was, I would say Cersei. But <laughs> Cersei was just like, how can I say it, man? She, seeing her powers is, is, is unique, right? Right. And she said she could change, rearrange matter. When she touched something, right? Right. On anything that's inorganic. Right. But when she, when spoilers, when she fought the deviant that went in the water, she transmuted, she changed his properties. Right. And turned it into a tree. Tree. All right. That's one of the most powerful internal you have. Right. So, yeah, I don't know if it was a result of her getting the, the cube or whatever um, of leadership, you right. know, the matrix. Uh, <laughs> oh man, Transformers! Um, yeah, from Ajax, you know, when Ajax had died, she gave, you know, she had chosen Cersei to be the leader, right? Um, and so now, now Cersei had the ability to uh, contact Arisham. Arisham, um, he's a dick. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. <laughs> um, a I mean, yeah, he is. Did but you want you to look at? He's the whole... mostly just. He doesn't really have emotions. That's the thing. That's right. He's just a creator, um, and that's kind of his job. He creates and he destroys. Yeah. You know, um, so it's very businesslike. But he's also kind of the dickhead boss. He's yes. Like, hey, do it. My word is, you know, absolute. That's that what, type of thing. No talking back. Yeah, to no me. talk back. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought about it. He said he's a creator and destroyer. Oh boy, if they're bringing the Galactus. Oh my God. Well, that's Ooh. the thing is the Celestials <laughs> are very much like Galactus, so it would be weird, especially to bring him immediately. Yeah. But, you know, given that the true goal um, is uh, is that what we find out when Circe goes to talk to him, he explains to Circe that the true goal for the Eternals was to foster civilization and advancement yeah. so that the earth could populate. Right. Um, and then once they reached a certain population, the stars, the they had planted so seeds in all sorts of planets across the galaxy. And the seeds that's, would you know, harvest. You know what that sound like? Ego. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Similar well, wasn't Ego a, was he a he celestial? He was supposed to be a celestial, what they said. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So, um, so yeah, they they have the seeds, and then the seeds would grow within the earth, and then kind of eventually feed mm -hmm. off of the humanity when its population got high enough, and then emerge out of the core of the planet is another celestial and destroy the planet in the process, right. and then use that to create new galaxies. Yeah. So it's killing million, well, I guess killing billions of billions. people to create hundreds of billions more. You know, it's, <laughs> 
So it's it's if kind of that you thing, know it's kind of that sacrificing one life for a hundred you know yeah. it's or, you know or, which is some bullshit right it, you know but that's kind of the idea behind it. Um, Every life matters now, right? And the deviants themselves were original; they were created before the Eternals, right? So the deviants were created to go to these planets and destroy apex predators. Because an apex predator is one that does not, you know, it's the top of the food chain. Right. It doesn't have any predators for it. So their their goal was to destroy apex pre- predators so that civilizations could advance without being, you know, killed off by apex predators. Right. Um, and then, unfortunately, there was a flaw in their design. So they kind of evolved a little bit, too. Um, and as a result, they, he created the Eternals. They're more of eradicate them. Right. To go eradicate the deviants. Right. Right. Um, so that, yeah. And so what we learn is that the Eternals that we know that were sent to Earth, they've done this like several times before. Yeah. Who knows how many times. Because they have It could memories. be hundreds. It could be thousands. It could be, you know, only a handful. Because they we have their know. memories wiped. Each time Each they come time to a new planet, planet, their right. memories are wiped and he and stored in a... Um, and then she asks him, why you Arishim store them? Right. So why do you store them? And so he's like, I think he was like, so he can see how civilizations and, you know, um, advance. So he kind of had knowledge of the past to create in the future, that sort of thing. Right. Um, it, it's kind of like, you know, learning from his mistakes to cre- <laughs> is what the idea was. That's why he was saving their memories. Yeah. Well, he's, like I said, he's a dick. Right. So... So basically what's happening is in present day, uh, the, um, the celestial or not the celestials, the deviants have returned. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so that's when they start getting together because they need to destroy the deviants and then they start learning about the emergence. So then, you know, Circe is like putting the team together and trying to find a way to stop the emergence. That's the main That's plot, the main of, this plot of the story. But right. there's twists in there somewhere. There's some right. twists. So, you know, let's continue with the characters that we have. So, so, um, so you know, we can kind of go in order of when they pick them up. So we've already talked about Cersei. Um, Cersei. So right off the bat with Cersei, um, she's, she and Icarus used to be a thing. thing. Um, they had actually gotten married or whatever, but like two hundred years ago, he just kind of ghosted her. Hey, check 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 this out. They still married. I guess technically. They're technically, they are. still married. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't, I'm watching it like, you know what? They they still married, but he left her. Right. Like, so like yeah, two hundred years ago, he kind of left and then never came back. Right. And um, in the present day, she's dating. So she kind of moved on, and so she's dating oh, uh, Dane Whitman, Whitman who is Kate Harrington's right. character, Jon Snow. Right. Um. And he's a, I think he's a, a, a historic, a history professor or something. Yeah, yeah that's his, yeah. that's um, what he does. Um, so they're kind of dating, but then Icarus shows up oh, and Sprite is living with her. Right. Um, and then Icarus shows up, you know, after an earthquake and the deviant appears yeah, right. and he's like, you know, Hey, mm-hmm. we got to get the band back together. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So Circe, as we've said, she can do matter manipulation. At first it's only inorganic things, but later, um, doing a fight it could be yeah it could be because I think that's where I, I we went off on a tangent because she got the leadership you know ball thing from Ajax from Ajax maybe that changed something get enhanced but, her but power that, let's go with that, but, that trope again as right. far as 
when the time comes, right. you know, makes a new power comes, right. So right? she became, yeah, Optimus Prime or Rodimus right, Prime. Prime. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Or it could just be a natural evolution of her powers. Um, right. But in any case, so that's her power. And the thing with, with her, really, what makes her a different character is that she's very serene. Yeah. She's the one who's the closest to humanity. You know, she loves the people. She loves Earth. Um, and that's kind of why Ajax chose her as the leader when she died. This goes back when I said again in the book. Uh, she, she, she like she likes to. I think in the book she's like a party goer. She's a planner and she like she's a socialite. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you said, she likes the people of Earth. She's been amongst them so many centuries. I mean, millennium. No, millennium. Millennia, yeah. Yeah, so I get what you, yeah, I see that. It's, it's like that in the book. Right, and and what what Chloe Zhao wanted her to be is like, so she's the primar- primarily the, the main character. Yeah. Um, and what she wanted her to be is somebody different than, you know, she was a female lead, but she also wanted, and also the way things were resolved, which I think is another part of why there was criticism on this movie, is that she wanted the... She wanted the um, the problem to be resolved in a little bit more of a less violent, a less you know actiony way, and she wanted her to be a character that was less badass, you know, badass woman, you know, fighter right. character. You know, that was more Thena, but that's what she wanted. So you know, her way of resolving everything at the end was more through a pacifistic act as opposed to murders. Right. Destruction. Destruction, Yeah. Um, So that was kind of what her, her role was. Icarus, as we've mentioned, he has uh, flight and he can, you know, shoot laser beams out of his eyes. I like the little joke they did. Right. So yeah, the, with the one kid, um, Fastos' son saying, you know, Oh, I saw you. You're the, you're Superman. You got a cape. cape. Well, you were flying and shooting beams out of your eyes and had a cape. And he's like, I don't wear a cape, but, but yeah. And actually she had said, um, Chloe Zhao had said that the inspiration for his character came from the more grounded, um, Superman from the Zack Zack Snyder Snyder movies. Well, I read that and I'm like, Oh, okay. And so, I mean, it's a little bit more of the grounding of him, you know, he's a little bit, um, so Icarus, Icarus is kind of, he's the nice guy. He's the protector. He really loves Circe. But he he always wants to protect her, and he kind of it's, it's the mission before he undervalues her. Yeah. Um. But I kind of like to think of Icarus as the nice guy wrapped in toxic masculinity, whether he knows it or not, whether it's just subconscious. You know, he's overprotective of the woman. Yeah. You know, he's, you know, initially he's like he thinks he's right. Um, and ultimately he's a true believer. That's the thing. He believes he, in the mission. That's right. Um, yes. So, so when Ajax wavers, you know, he does not want to change the mission. He's all for, for the, the emergence mission. and the destruction of the planet. Yes. Um, and you know, so we'll find out that, you know, later it's like the twist is that he's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. I didn't, well, see, I, that was what I'm saying. I didn't, we didn't see that coming. Yeah, I didn't necessarily. There was something a little bit off about him, but you know, I think a lot of that had to do with he was a lot more stoic, stoic. and a lot more detached from humanity. Yeah, you know, whereas Circe was his opposite, who was very closely connected to humanity, right. and you know, and that was purposeful. 
Um, Sprite, as we've mentioned, is the um, illusionist. Yeah, she's got illusions. She can create illusions, is, yeah. um, mostly that. But she's like the storyteller right. of the group. Um, and she actually got, uh, you know, he was very enthralled by her stories. Um, and so that's kind of what led him down the path. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so she can never have a family. She can never have children. She can never have any of that. You know, she's stuck as a child forever. And, I mean, imagine that. That reminds me of an interview with a vampire. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kristen Dunn's character. Yeah. Right. She was a girl, a vampire in a girl's body. Right. So then Kingo, Kingo's kind of like the funny man of the group. You know, he's just kind of the, the jokester, the, you know, the lighthearted, casual one. Um, but, you know, he's he likes the limelight. He likes, you know, that's why he goes into acting. Um, and, uh, he can shoot his powers like energy. He can shoot like cosmic. Yes. Yeah. Balls from his hand. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Balls like, in his hands. Huh? I know it sounds weird, but <laughs> that's what he can do. And he shoots them like pistols. Yes. Like they come out of like his palms and they right. go down his knees. Like pew, pew. Yo. Um, or he can create like you a know, charge balls of, balls of fire of, yeah. And, or a Hadouken, as yeah, I, as Ronan called yeah. it. <laughs> I'm about to see a, a coming a Kamehameha wave from Dragon Ball Z. Right, right. Up. exactly. <laughs> like shit. Um, so Kingo, um, like I said, uh, he's played by Kumail Nanjiani, and um, Kingo is the main thing reason why I was excited for this movie, um, because primarily because of Kumail Nanjiani. I've been following him yeah. since he st- he was doing his podcast. Um, uh, the uh the indoor kids like back on the Nerdist channel. I seen on something else. Though. So, but I mean, he's been in other movies. I mean, he did. He and his wife produced, and he starred in The Big Sick. Um, they and they wrote oh, it. Oh yeah, um, that's right. He did. Yeah, I mean, he's shown up in a bunch of movies. He did the movie with um Issa Rae. What Issa was Rae that from, one? I yeah, forgot about I can't that remember one. the name of it, but that one was pretty funny. I didn't finish that one. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's been around in things. Um, he was in Silicon Valley. He was one of the main characters. Uh, but yeah, so I've been a big fan following his career for years. So I was very excited to see him cast, you know, as a, a big player in an MCU movie. I mean, that was just pretty cool. Um, so I was very excited to see what it is. But then I learned about his character and his character in the comics is actually more of a samurai. So even though he has all those cosmic powers, he doesn't like to use them. He's honed. He's honed to the samurai craft and, you know, swordsmanship. That could have been better. I'm out. And so I was kind of hoping that was, yeah, I kind of wanted to see that. But then, unfortunately, the movie did not go in that direction. You know, being, I guess, being a Pakistani actor, they kind of went more for the Indian style instead of the Japan style. So I I think that kind of got cut out. Um, But, you know, still, I enjoyed his character in the movie. Um, Fastos, well, uh, well, uh, Gilgamesh and Thena. So Gilgamesh, we've already mentioned, is the super strong, strong one. one yeah. You know, he's kind of like the cook. He's kind of, you know, the one who wants to – he's the optimistic one, like we said, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, with um, um, Thena, she's more of a weapon, weapon master. Thena is the warrior. Like warrior, you know, yeah. Kind of like the warrior princess, really. Um, right. Yeah, she's the weapon master, you know, the goddess of war. You know, Athena was kind of based on her, you know, the um, the Greek – the Greek goddess, goddess, right? Um, who is the you know wisdom. the goddess of war wisdom. and wisdom, wisdom right? right. Um, Wait a minute, no. In Greek, first, Greek mythology, the war is um, well. The god of war is Ares, Ares, right? But 
Um, I thought she's only but wisdom. Athena is wisdom and also war because she okay. shows up on a lot of wars. Right. Usually opposing Ares. They're usually on opposing that's sides. That's true. That's right. Um, so yeah, she's kind of both. Um, um, yeah, and then then we have uh, Druig, as we mentioned. He can he can control minds, um, and yeah, he doesn't like violence. Uh, where did I have my notes? And then uh, Makari is the speedster, um, and uh, and Def, as we mentioned, and Fastos is the inventor. The inventor, right? So Fastos is um, he's 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 funny because. He creates all these technologies to try and give to humanity to help them in their advancement. But sometimes he goes a little bit ahead of schedule and he yeah, builds like are... steam engines a hundred years before, you know, hundreds of years before they should be. Right. So he's like, fine, here's a simple plow. You know, and it's with, like. And with this story, though, you know, like you say, so much technology ahead of time. In other words, they're not ready for it. He's not, they're not ready for it. But when they went looking for him, Something happened. It was the bombing of Hiroshima. Right. And then when Ajax so, saw him. Right. So that's kind of, that was his turning, turning point. Because it was such devastation and it was based on technology that he helped create. Right. Um, and he saw how humanity used it. And he lost all faith in humanity at that point. And fast forward. Um, but, yeah, we fast forward and, you know, when they meet up with him, he has... Um, he has a family, you know, as we mentioned, he's a gay character, yeah. you know, so he has, he has a husband and they have a son together and they've kind of restored his faith in humanity a little bit. Yo, um, he's a good actor, dude. No reason I say that. If you watch him in Atlanta, mm-hmm. he's a hardcore rapper. Is he? Yes. Paperboy. Oh yeah. He's like the complete opposite of this. this yeah, he's, like... he's the very intellectual, like soft spoken one in this. And that's what you call acting. Yep. Exactly. I'm like, wow, he is good. He was in some more movies. Um, he was in Child Play. Oh, he was in another movie, man, um, with um, Viola Davis and the guy from Get Out. I forgot his name, but he was a good. He was. He's a good actor. Mm-hmm. And then when he played this role in Internal, I was like, dude, yo, you got a wide range, man. <laughs> I'm like, this you. He's good, right? He's good. So, but. He found his humanity in his um his son and his um husband, you know, and you know, like you said, he lost all the love he had for humanity, the things that humanity does as far as destruction and stuff like that. But that's all the why this thing like men is his worst enemy, right? Right. You know, all the destruction and stuff like that. But that's the course of um man, right? So, so yeah, so they were kind of nervous about trying to recruit him because they would think he'd be like, yeah, let it, let the emergency destroy, right, yeah, you know, right. um, Tiamat is the name of the, of the seed that was planted in earth. Tiamat. Tiamat. Yeah. Tiamat, yeah. Um, so th- that's the one that's going to emerge and pretty much destroy the world. Right. So you, they were afraid that he would just be like, yeah, let it, let him do it. Um, but yeah, it turns out that he's not. So he agrees to help them because their plan is to put Tiamat to sleep um, to buy themselves more time because they really only had seven days. Yes. Um, so, uh, and then they were going to, Druig was going to put him to sleep. And then, but Druig's like, I'm not powerful enough to put, you know, a huge ass celestial like that to sleep. 
So then they got fast. They wanted to get Fastos involved to see if he could create a way of amplifying the power. And what he eventually comes up with is a unimind, <laughs> which connects all of them. So the celestials, or I mean, so the Eternals all share their power. But they had to have the bracelet, though. The right, Dora, and right? he creates, yeah, he creates the Ten Rings. I mean, no, the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes, guys, the Ten Rings come from the Eternals. Well, wow. there weren't ten at the time, but, you know, Ronan was pointing out there are ten Eternals, and he creates rings that look exactly like the golden rings. Wow, that your son Shang-Chi pointed that out, huh? Yeah, he did. He's pretty smart. Yeah, I know he He's is. He's observant. Damn. I didn't think that shit. Yeah. So, um, so essentially what happens is that it seems like Icarus is all on board and everything like that. But we find out when he fi- we finally get to the point where there's a flashback. Um, he's talking to Ajax. Right. To, yeah. Six, six days previous, he's right. talking to Ajax. And, you know, that's when we learned that the reason he ghosted Circe is because she had told him hundreds of years ago what the true mission was. Right. Um, and then Ajak now had a change of heart. She didn't want to follow the mission anymore because she had gotten attached to humanity. And she kind of pointed out the irony is that Thanos's blip actually bought them more time because it erased half the planet. So there wasn't a huge population in order for Tiamat to feed off That's of. That's right. But then when the blip happened and everybody came back. See, the Avengers brought them back, man. Right. Come on. <laughs> Suddenly, all the people were back again, and now we were back on schedule. So yeah. um, so she kind of wanted to stop it. But as we said, Icarus is a true believer. True believer. So that. he disagreed with her. And in doing so, he took her and showed her that there were still deviants that had been in the ice. Was that Alaska? And Antarctica? It was Alaska. I think it was Alaska. Okay. Yeah. And they were in... Um, and they had been trapped under the ice, and now that the ice was melting, climate change. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it. Uh, they had now come out. So there were like what five or six of them, well, I yeah, think. Was, yeah. And then you know, as she's looking over, he pushes her over the side, you know, and one of the and then Crow, one of the deviants, manages to kill her and yeah, absorb, her absorb her power, and then he evolves. Um, and then when he takes Gilgamesh's later, he evolves even more. So now he's a lot more humanoid and he has the power of speech. Right. Um, and so then Icarus is kind of like not telling everybody that that's what, you know, he was, that he did that. And basically he's using the deviants to waste their time. So the deviants kind of keep fighting. You know, they, the Eternals now need to stop the Deviants, and in doing so, it keeps delaying them from stopping the Celestial from being bored. The Emergence. The Emergence, right. And so when he finally reveals that that's what happened, um, you know, it's like this is where the a lot of, the, you know, some of the tenseness that I mentioned comes in. You know, as I mentioned before, Kingo is an Icarus stan. He really, you know, he really looks up to him. We saw at the be- at the beginning when he was when they showed up at his Bollywood movie set, he was saying, "We're making. I'm playing, playing Icarus. Icarus. I'm yeah. playing you. Yeah. You know, in this movie that we're making. So that was a little bit of a thing. And you've noticed that he noticed that Sprite had you know uh, feelings for Icarus. feelings for Icarus, but nobody else did. And he compared them to Peter Pan. That, That's right. That right. That Circe was Wendy. Icarus was Peter. Yeah. And, and Tinkerbell was Sprite. Sprite was Tinkerbell who. Loved Peter Pan, but could not be with him. Um, And then the rest of them were lost boys. The lost Lost boys, boys, right? Um, So yeah, he did that comparison, and so something a Disney problem. And so I think at the end he was, 
he wasn't, I think he decided that he kind of agreed with Icarus, but mostly he didn't want to fight the, you know, his family. They were a fractured family that kind of went their separate ways. And now that they are coming back together, you know, he didn't want to fight them. Right. So he decided I'm going to go back to Bollywood. And yes. so he left. And that's why he wasn't in the final battle. Sprite went with Icarus, obviously, because she's in love with him. Um, and so they were trying to stop the rest of the Eternals from uh, stopping the emergence. Yes. And so that's when they have the fight. And then Crow shows up as well. And you he's know, going to fight so, Athena. Yeah, Athena takes on him. Yeah. Fastos and Makari primarily take on oh, Icarus. Icarus. And Circe is trying to find a way to stop. Well, too. with Druig, but then Druig gets knocked out of the fight. He gets buried by Icarus. By Icarus, um, and so, and so then Sprite actually stabs Circe and is going to kill her. But then Druig shows back up and yeah, clocks her with a rock across the head. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you know, ultimately at the end, is that you know, Thena manages to just to kill. Um, um. To, right to kill the, a crow. crow. Um, we hadn't really mentioned the the mad weary uh, that Thena had, and the reason for that is that yeah, she would sometimes go berserk Zerk. and start talking about Centauri being destroyed, or you know, we're all gonna die. Or, you know, it's and then she would fight the Eternals um, come, because come to find out, like they said, they erased their memories right. from previous lives. So when they erased hers. Mm-hmm. There was a malfunction, and right. she still had it's those memories. Yeah, those memories. So they would come back, and there was no way to get rid of Mad uh, Weary without resetting her memories, which would kind of reset who she was as a person. Yes. So that's why Gilgamesh decided that he would watch over her so that she could remain herself. Um, and so with Gilgamesh's death because of Crow, you know. You know what? I was kind of surprised she, yeah, that she, she took takes that role, out. man. She Angelique Jolie. It, it it was kind of weird. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it, it fits. She yeah. did a good job. She fits the role of you know the badass warrior. Yes, yeah. yeah. She she plays strong female characters anyway. So right. Um, so then Icarus does finally get manage to get free of uh, Fastos's trap, but um, then when he goes to Cersei. destroy Cersei to stop her, um he kind of flashes back to all of, you know, the past and he realizes that he still loves her so much that he can't harm her. So he ultimately joins with the Unimind and she's able to turn, turn um, the Tiamat. emerging Tiamat, Tiamat into stone. Now, so now there's like a big stone, like was, hands and half a head uh, sticking uh, out of the ocean. And then earth, they go to satellite. What is that? Right. Well, I'm going back to that because back in the Jason Aaron run and Avengers, mm-hmm. Excuse me. There's a celestial that was buried deep in the earth, and that body is in inert. It's not alive, right? So you know what the Avengers did with that body? Made a headquarters. Mm-hmm. They lived inside the celestial. I know that's just disturbing. Disturbing. I'm just saying. Oh man, I, I thought about that when that happened on the, on the Eternals. I'm like, maybe. They could use this as a headquarters. Yeah, I think the whole thing is stone. They'd have to drill, drill into head it. Head um, yeah, but it was. Just, yeah. I just thought that was pretty cool. Who knows? So yeah, um, well, he got nowhere. He's in the head, right? So that's kind of how it ends. Icarus is, you know, he's sorry for his actions, and so, so he literally, you know, flies into the sun. Um, the legends go right to sacrifice himself. Although interestingly, 
Icarus in the comics, he goes by Icarus, but he is actually Daedalus, the father of Icarus. That's right. And he does actually have a son, Icarus, who died as according to the myth, so he took on his son's name. Mm. So that's why he's called Icarus. But, yeah, it literally goes by the he flies too close to the sun and, you know... He, Instead of falling to earth, he just gets just burnt up. up. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he sacrifices himself. Um, and then uh, Sprite, uh, well, Circe still has a little bit of the power because wow. the Celestial also joined in with the Unimind. Right, it did. Um, which helped her to be able to turn him to stone. I don't know whether he did it voluntarily or not, or it did. just happened. It just happened. Um, so she still had some lingering power. Um, from that, so she gave Circe, or she Sprite. gave Sprite the opportunity to become human, yes. um, so she could have that family and you know growing up and you know love and everything that she had always wanted, and so she took her up on that. So now Sprite is human, yes, and she goes back, and so I guess Kingo is kind of looking after her and yeah, making her you know making her go to school and all that other stuff. So once that is done, we get back to Cersei and Dane Whitman, Kit Kit Kit, Kit Harrington character. And they're talking. Well, I mean, first, first, what's their name? Um, no, hold up. Makari, Druig, and Thena leave on the Domo. Because they're going to go try and find other Eternals right. and tell them about the emergence so yeah. they can stop it happening on their planets, right. that's too. Right. That's we, their goal. Then we skip to. Right. And then, um, so Fastos is obviously staying with his family. family. Yeah. Um, and then we go to. Uh, Cersei we go to Circe and, and Dane, Dane Whitman. Whitman. Um, so they're they're still dating. She had mentioned earlier when she was talking to him on the phone that you know he should use this time while she's away or whatever, and figuring something out to yeah, connect with his uncle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and right. And when um, and while they talking and so, in the park. Right. So while they're talking, and he wanted to say, you know, Cersei, I got something to tell you. Right, so he's saying, yeah, my yeah, family I, history is apparently a little complicated. complicated you know? <laughs> yeah, so when he said that, all of a sudden, you see the, um, the clouds spread and the, uh, like, like the, the sea, like Moses. Right. You know, and, and lightning happening, then all of a sudden, she gets grabbed. Well, so Arisham's face, face just shows, shows up, up kind of like Galactus yeah. coming to eat a planet. I mean, it's just huge. It was quick, too, so. Right. So he just snatches her up and takes takes her, and then we find out he also he's took Kingo and Fastos. Yes. And it's like, uh, hey, guys, not cool that you didn't follow my plan. Uh, kind of upset about that, you traitors. Yes. Um, but he's like, but I'm willing to let humanity survive for now. And whether they continue surviving is based on your memories, which I'm going to read. Yes. And so he takes them and he's like, I will return with my judgment, you know, yes. once I've done that. So now they've been taken and um, and that's how it ended, right? right and there. so that's how it ends. <laughs> then, uh, and then we have the post credit scene. Here we go. The post credit scene, the first one. Okay. Well, let's skip it's, all the way to the last one first, because the. Uh, I mean, I, uh, we, we're already like over an hour into this, dude, but we could talk for another hour about that mid credit oh, scene. Oh man! No, even though talk, it was, I don't want to talk about this one first. Please. Even though it was, please let me talk about this all one. All right, first, man. fine. We'll talk about this one first. Because I, I, you and I had a discussion about this certain character, right? And we said, how can the hell he could fit in the MCU? Okay, so this is the <laughs> other con that I said we'll talk about later. Now, it's a con for me also. Right. <laughs> so. All right, the end credit, the first end credit, post credit, is that um, Athena, Makari. Athena, Makari, and Druid are on the Domo, Domo. and I think they learn that 
that um, the other Eternals have been taken by Arisham. Right. So all of a sudden we see so a glare. So now they're like, yeah, we need to like go rescue them. Rescue. So we see a glare in the hallway, and all of a sudden there comes this troll. Right. And I looked at this troll, I said, that's freaking Pip. Yeah. That's Pip. And, you know, he was part of the Infinity Watch back in the comic book with mm-hmm. Adam Warlock, Gamora, Drax the Destroyer, Moon Dragon, and him. Right. I like, oh, my God. And then he's. But he's also got a special relationship. To, oh, by the way, voiced by Patton Oswalt. Yes, yeah. yes. Immediately recognized that voice. Yeah, he's over there with a cigar. No, he didn't have a cigar. He had a drink. He was just drinking. He's just, he's just drunk. He's a drunk control. Right. So he's talking, and he's about, he's about to introduce somebody. Oh, God. So when he introduced this character, this character's name is Eros. Well, he starts going on. Oh, he's like, coming. you know, the brother of the Thanos brother, and the, you know. Uh, Mad Titan. No, no. The brother yeah. of Thanos. And the Prince, Prince of, of Titan. Prince of Titan Titans. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, blah. So he gives him this big title and, you know, he's like, yeah. you know, presenting, you know, basically the greatest guy who'd ever graced the, the oh, galaxy. No. Is, you know, yeah. that's the way he's introducing, introducing him. him. And everybody like, what? What's going on? So, right. when so then out steps Harry Styles. Harry, <laughs> yeah, Harry Styles, man. As. As. Arrows, Star Fox. Right. So he's yeah. So he's also known as Star Fox in the comics, not the video game. So basically, he says, "Hey, I'm Eros, um, and I have a way that can help you rescue your friends." Yes. Um, so that's kind of his introduction. So I mean, literally, it's like he's a minute of screen time. But yes. Now we're gonna go on a rant. Okay. <laughs> okay not quite a rant. Not but. a rant, but this is something that we discussed. Many times, I don't know if we did it in the podcast, we just in a conversation. I think we mentioned it on the podcast, yes. like briefly, briefly, basically saying, God, I hope this guy never shows up in the MCU. And you, and he did, <laughs> and he did. And the reason why Trevor and I, including Trevor, strongly Trevor, is that his powers, I'm going to read this off the, I'm going to read right, it right I now. I mean, based on, based on his this. name. I'm going to read, I'm going to read this. He's possessed the ability to stimulate the pleasure centers of other people's brains, often emitting unconsciously causing a euphoric effect yes and with concentration he can amplify the effect to cause the euphoria arousal and or sedation right. so what they're saying to me is basically basically he can control, control people's people emotions, emotions and manipulate them into his will love or having sex, sex or whatever so yeah he's a creepy rapist yes he's a I creep mean, no doubt no you know that's that's what he is hopefully <laughs> i was just shocked when they brought him in that's they got one of the worst avengers i'm pop- sh- I am sure that the MCU oh, no, will tone gonna, down. They're gonna tone on. They got tone, tone down that thing. But, but yeah, but the Star picking, Fox has just always been just a, a really creepy, rapey guy, you know. And even even if it's like the love or the you know, because he's he's very promiscuous. Yes, he's he very is. much all about you know the ladies and stuff like that. But you know what's so funny though about this is that She Hulk is coming up. And you know he made an appearance in the book. Yes, <laughs> she had to, she had to defend him. Right. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about that here just in a second. But yeah, so even if the love is natural, it's a question of is it really natural? You know, but it kind of it kind of comes back to like the purple man. Oh right. The purple yeah, man can just kind of tell people to do whatever he wants. Right. So in a way he kind of grew up just being like, "Hey, people just do whatever I want." So, you know, he that's why he's selfish and doesn't have any inhibitions about just 
demanding things and you know expecting things. It's, it's in the only this is kind of the same way as yes. he can control people's emotions and get them to do, do what, what he want right. to do. Right. The only person that's immune to it is his brother. Is yeah. Thanos is the only one who's immune. Oh, they wow. <laughs> So, like, Whoa, right. So yeah, he's just been a very creepy character in the comics, and I was so surprised they brought this character. Dude. Right. So now he shows up in the MCU, and you know, and as as we said with the She Hulk thing. So I think one of the storylines from him was for him was literally that he was accused of raping a woman who was, or not, yeah, who was like married, um, who is like happily married or something like that, and that. That was what he was accused of. That's right. So then um, She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters, Mm -hmm. was brought in to defend him in court. And then I think she had also had sex with him. But she was convinced that he used his powers on her um, to coerce her into sex. So she was mad at him and beat him to a bloody pulp. Um, And then later, I think when he, he escaped the planet or something like that and was now in a cosmic court or whatever, <laughs> she was then brought to defend him. Well, actually, first, when he was in court on Earth, they had to like remove him from the room because he was actually tampering with the emotions oh, of the, the witnesses ju- yes. and probably the jury to favor him. So, you know, they had to put him on, you know, live digital feed, you know, a hollow feed instead of right. being in the room. But then in the cosmic court, Jennifer Walters went out just to kind of find out whether he really did. And apparently he didn't really use his powers on her. But, you know, we all know he originally did. He did. Because he's a, he's a shithead. Um, <laughs> he is a shithead. They probably just retconned it. They had to. Um, yeah, because, I mean, if she if it seems like she's angry about it and didn't agree to it, I doubt she slept with him by choice. I think it was a retcon to be like, uh, we can't have somebody rape She-Hulk. That's no, I, not cool. I, I'm looking at this thing, his his biography. I mean, unless it's written by Mark Miller. Then, <laughs> oh, then there's a raping She-Hulk. Oh, Garth Ennis. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I like some of that stuff, but not all of it. But um, I'm looking at some of this stuff in the, the Marvel Wiki, I guess, on Marvel.com. Yo, this dude here, man, he, I think he had a relationship with Cersei. Star Fox? Yeah, I'm looking at here. Uh, let me see what it says. I don't know that he had oh, an not actual a, relationship they with were friends. Cersei. I think they were friends because they were on the Avengers, Avengers together. Uh, together. Yeah, yeah. But I think she really only had relationships with uh, Makari and the Black Knight, Dane yeah. Whitman. So we'll talk about him in a minute. Wow, still but, with the Avengers, Star Fox invited the WAP to a party here by the Eternal Cersei. I told you Cersei was all about the party, man. Right, which he wasn't in the movie. Movie, yeah. Um, but, but um, oh, I, we did forget to mention now that we mentioned that she had in the comics she had a relationship with Makari. Most of the character Eternals in the comics are white dudes. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. They are. Um, so a lot of them were men. Sprite was a boy. Although even in the even in the movie, Sprite seems a little bit, you know, um, uh, androgynous. Yes. So, but I do believe they refer to her as a she. So, uh, but Ajax was a man, and Makari was, was also a man, a man in the right. comics. Yes. And yeah, I don't think very many of them had that diversity. Maybe Kingo because he went to Japan and became a samurai, so he Thena, might. Thena was the only female. Thena and Cersei was the only. Thena and Cersei, female. yeah, the the main ones, yeah. Right. So. But no, man, that that post scene, dude, and we were talking about this. I said, Trevor, I'm Trevor going to shoot his shit. I was like, yeah, oh, after wow. that scene, as soon as the movie ended, I texted you. I was like, oh, 
Fuck no. <laughs> Star <laughs> Fox? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. That's not the, that's the worst. I won't say the worst post credit, but shit, man. It was it was a, a mouth dropper. I mean, it yeah, dropped, my mouth dropped to the floor. Like, what? It did the emoji of the slapping the forehead <laughs> to you. I was like, like, oh, fuck me. Shaking my head. What the hell? But you know what? Um, he's Thanos' brother. I mean, I guess they need some another Titan, I guess. I don't know. He might be part of the Avengers down the line. Who knows, man? I, I hope not. Um, but yeah, hopefully they do him better in the, the I mean, will. series. They, they will. Yeah, the creepy, rapey guy in the comics. Oh, yeah. Marvel, I mean, not Marvel. Disney <sighs> not having that, dude. Ugh, dude just, <laughs> they're not having that. Right. No. Uh-uh. Um, so they're going to move to the next. Right. So then the final, final one. one. Right. So Dane Whitman is a.k.a. known as he, a.k.a. the Black Knight. He's an Avenger. Right. In the comic books, right? And he's, uh, his story is that for generations... The ebony blade was always passed down to um, his his kin. Right, because I think he's like the third Black Knight or something yeah, like something that. Like yeah, that, his yeah. grandfather and yes. father, I think, before him or whatever. Yeah, so it's, it's or, a generational maybe thing. uncle because, you know. So the ebony blade, I think the ebony blade deals with death, I believe. Uh, I'm not for sure. I think it's so. It's a cursed blade, a cursed essentially. Blade, and yeah. I think if I remember what I read on Wikipedia, because I'm not overly familiar with this stuff, is that I think the more it kills or something, the more it drives the wielder mad. Yes, that's it. Right. That's it. So yeah, it's basically the more blood it tastes, the you know, the more it 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 yeah, it yeah, destroys the mind of yeah the person who wields it. That's different from um. Katana's in DC with her sword. Right. It's, it's still the soul, but it doesn't make her mad. So, right. So, I mean, but it was pretty interesting, though, when he was the way he did it, he, he was just hesitant. Right. So, he has, he has basically a box, box yeah. you know, sitting on the, on his, um, on his desk and he goes to like open it and he's like, nope, nope, I'm not sure I'm ready for this. I'm not sure. Um, and then he finally does open it and then we see it's like a sword. And it kind of looks like it's wrapped Rapper in bandages. bandages yeah. But then when you kind of see, like, it looks like a gooey ooze kind of vibrating a little bit, moving along the yeah the blade. Yeah. Um, and then as he's going to pick it up, you hear a voice, voice. off screen that says, "Are you I'm sure you're ready for that?" Someone said that might end up being Blade. Right. So at first, like uh, Ronan, Ronan and I were like, "Who is that?" You know, it's like it sounds like Samuel L. Jackson. So maybe it's Nick Fury. Mm. But then I actually looked on IMDb and um, and on Wikipedia, and it says that it was Mahershala Ali, Ali right. who will be playing Blade in the future. Yeah, I can't wait for that. So, yeah, uh, they go to Supernatural. Right. We got it. So I guess we'll see. So we'll see. So um, wrapping this up, um, the Eternals. Now we usually rank from one to ten, and to me, it's not it's 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 somewhat not a, ground, a groundbreaking movie. It is a little bit. It's a groundbreaking movie because it's, it's different mm-hmm. from the usual MCU movie. Period. Right. It, you know, it's, it's 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 different. And like I said, when I went up to when I went to the movies and to go see it and everything, my expectation was not very high or very low. I just it's blank. It's blank. Mm-hmm. I'm just going and see, and see and go for what I think what it's going to be, not what the critics think. What I think. Right. So, from the ranking from 1 through 10, I give it a 7. Okay. I give it a 7. 
And that's about the lowest I ever gave an MCU movie. That's true. That's a seven. But I said I didn't dis. I mean, I didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. It's a good movie. But like you said, it's, it's, it's just like it's outside of the formula, right? You know. And so I gave I gave it a seven uh, out of seven out of ten. So that's my rating of it. Okay. So for me, going in based on the trailers and stuff, is that. I knew that this movie, and especially given the director, I knew this movie was going to be different. It was going to be a little bit more thoughtful and um, introspective. And, you know, um, and as a result, that's kind of what I was expecting going in. So this didn't surprise me in the least. Um, but as I said, I really enjoyed, you know, it was a beautiful movie. I enjoyed the characters. You know, I'm eager to see more of them. Um, and, you know, it, it's a pretty solid movie. So, and I think, you know, even though critics didn't like it, I think it's a better movie than Iron Man 2 and Thor The Dark World. I'm sorry. By a long shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so about even that. though it's got the lowest ranking below that. Oh, it was you know, way better than that, Thor. Yeah, it was way better Thor than those two. two movies. So I think that's unfair. But <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give it an eight because okay. I, I really did enjoy it. That was the movie I was expecting. And, you know, unlike The Last Jedi, the, th- the subversion that it did worked a little bit better. Yeah. You know, it may have been a little divisive, but it wasn't like, ha 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 flipping you off divisive, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I really liked it. I give it an eight. Cool. Cool. I got it a seven out of eight. Is it not bad? Not bad at all. So Trevor, so if y'all have not seen internals, go check it out. No, no, this is our, just our opinion. So if you, <laughs> if you like it or you don't, so go check it out. Go get your popcorn and go get your hot dog or nachos, whatever. Enjoy them and try to enjoy the movie. Let's all go to the movie. movie. <laughs> I mean, I just thought that's what you were about to do. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our concession stands. <laughs> what if they got all the money? Turn off your cell phones. <laughs> right. Please be quiet. <laughs> so, Trevor, how can people catch you on all your social media? Um, I'm on Twitter at, at Toshiro No Ronin. And you can check me out at JustBeingAmos.com and also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Peace. Just being Amos.